Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is showtime, Ryan. Showtime. That's my middle name. That's your middle name. <laughs> I forgot my mic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, we were uh, beginning, and I said, "Oh, Mike." Yeah. Swung it over. We this didn't have week, to say anything. This weekend, I was uh, our first two services. I was I, well, oh, all yes. three of them. I did the call to worship, but the first two, I totally botched it. So yeah, Showtime. That's a good name. Uh, did uh, did you, let's see. Which one did you not bring the microphone up? The micro, well, no, the first one I was up on our balcony talking with people about why yeah. they were sitting in the balcony and okay. whether or not it was because they wanted to wear the mask or they liked the view better. Yeah. And then I looked at my watch as the prelude was coming to a close oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh no, I do. I'm doing call to worship today. <laughs> I ran down the stairs, grabbed my Bible, call to worship ended and I ran up on stage yes. and we had the announcement video that was going before me. So I was standing up there and shouldn't have been. And yeah. then second service, I was joking that with the team and I'm like, I'm going to get it right this time. And I was there in the right spot and uh, I forgot to put my mic on. Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I third texted, time is a charm. I, I was outside in the courtyard and I texted Daniel, uh oh, something's wrong. He, like, did you turn off? <laughs> he's like, off? it's Ryan, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan forgot his mic. He oh said. man! So the online down my back. The online people didn't know uh, what you said. So if you're out there and you were watching uh, the 10:45 service, um, now is your chance to hear what he said. Sorry, no, it's good. yeah. <laughs> Psalm 107, Psalm... 28 through 32. All right, there you go. Yeah, go that was a up. call to worship. So, you know, I always take it off when I'm praying with people, just in case it's on. You know, and you don't want to. <laughs> Either go yeah. naked gun on a prairie quest. You remember yeah. naked gun when Leslie yeah. Nielsen has the mic on and he's going to the bathroom and everybody hears yes. it. I didn't want I don't want to be praying for somebody in yes. like a, in intimate moment no. and have it be broadcast. And so no, I always drop it down my back and Yeah, because that's the other thing. Daniel doesn't let you mute it anymore. No, nope, can't mute it. No, he has taken control from you. And so clearly, evidently for good reason, you took control back <laughs> by leaving it, Dang it where he can't do anything uh, to help fix there, it. <laughs> you know, there's just some days where you just aren't quite hitting on all cylinders. And uh, that was one of those days. So oh, that is great. The Lord used it, though. That it's it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, we're at a uh, slightly different time again. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And uh, and we're, you know, summer is going to be summer. I know you're out of town a bunch. I'm going to be gone next week. And so, you know, we're going to be, you know, potentially a little bit more hit and miss. We might bring in some guests to talk through some things um, every now and again. But uh, things will be a little bit different. We've yeah. got we've got the Jello Wars going on right Jell-O now. Wars. Which, yeah. uh, so our, our kids are off at junior high. Um, by the way, my kid is off at Hume Lake at right Hume now. At Hume Lake, yes. Oh, my goodness, you guys. If, uh, if you know anything about that. Um, be praying for Hume Lake, please. Um, I know I am praying more for Hume Lake now. I think maybe more than when I actually took kids up there. Now that as maybe I should admit that. Your, yeah, but my kid is your there, son so up it's there. Different. Yes, it's a yeah, totally. Kind of praying, uh, and so there you have it. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, but we got kids doing Jello Wars. Do you know what that is, by the way? No, I have no idea. I just know that my car is probably going to be destroyed on the way home. I'm oh boy, take a few boys home. So yes, okay. Um, I know enough to give you the gist that that the interns, so the summer interns for junior high, all day today they were making Jello. Right on. They make vats and right vats. on. I believe it's multiple trash can fulls of Jello. Which what better way for an intern to spend their day? Uh, yet yeah, you know. I love it because what they're doing is making they're making dreams come true for junior hires because they get to go out and it's all four different colors and the kids wear white t-shirts yep. and then they just get to go and throw jello at each other for it a sounds couple awesome hours. it is awesome kelly and i were talking about <laughs> uh, about it tonight and we're we're just saying where else would you be able to do that they're, That's a great point. I don't, it's just nowhere not. else. Like, it's just not going to happen. You either do it at youth group or you don't do it. I know. So and I'm glad they're doing it. I know. That's one I never did. I didn't either. I know. So I there was no interns that made me <laughs> vats of jello. And so uh, thank you to all interns yes. everywhere. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I think you. that's pretty thank cool. You. Um, here, here we are. I'm about to just share this on Facebook, you know, right, while it. we're going here. Um, but... Uh, but as always, we love it when you jump in. 
when you say hi on uh, the feed, whether you're joining us on YouTube or Facebook, that gives us a chance to interact a little bit and uh, and to see what's going on with you. But if you're joining us on the podcast, of course, there's no interaction. You get to listen at double speed. Yeah. Which, you know. And I'm, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Oh, at times. If you're, if you're watching live, though, we'd love to get your questions. And you can just put those in the comment feed or send them in to questions at efcc.org. If you have uh, anything, really, any That's question, right. nothing's off limits, uh, theology, personal, church stuff, whatever, uh, Josh and I are willing to talk about it that's right we're gonna try and so oh my wife says hello or she's at least gives me a heart she's sending her love it I was think, probably think, when you're talking about caleb that's right that probably was it wasn't for me that was yeah. for caleb wasn't it hon yep and connie hello connie good to see you and then carolyn we've got carolyn connie yes. you guys are just coming through for us yes. we love you too we do you we guys do are awesome uh so good to see you patty is saying hello Hi, Patty. Um, <laughs> who, who cut your hair um, is what uh, she's asking. No one has cut mine in a well, while. Well, Dave. Dave the Dave, barber. Dave the barber did, though, I mean, a while ago. Josh and I both go to the same guy. <laughs> this this show is, is sponsored by <laughs> Dave the barber. Oh, Dave, we love you, man. We do. Um, we do. That is hilarious. Um, you said anything? I think that's a question. Um, in a nice way. In a nice way. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Well, um, okay. So we're going to dive in. Let's like in. always, we're yeah. going to jump into uh, the last sermon. So if you haven't uh, listened to that, you can pause right now and you can go to our website at efcc.org. You can, you know, I think maybe backslash sermons or there's a sermon link, or you can go to the other podcast link and uh, and listen to last week's sermons. Yeah. It was called... It was called Storms and Strength. Storms in Strength. And, and Strength. And strength. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at, at in the book of Acts. This is the last of our. The last, not so new, not so normal. Not so new, not so normal. Yeah. So I'm sort of bummed the series is coming to an end. I, I really enjoyed teaching uh, through portions of the book of Acts. You know, yeah. uh, I taught through the entire book maybe seven or eight years ago now. And it was, I think, 34 messages. So to just yeah. do, what do we do? Eight? Nine, ten, is it nine? Yeah, something like that. If you include the one that you did on Ascension, the yeah, one that sure. I did Let's on the Spirit, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it it felt like we were just starting to scratch the surface of the Book of Acts, but that was sort of the intention was to pick out a few points, sort of parachute in, and mm -hmm. say what can we learn about the early church and how they were uh, a peculiar people. Yeah, They're, they were they were different, and you know, I think we saw that again in this in this passage in Acts 27. Yeah. So if you've read through the book of Acts, Acts sort of is moving at, at pretty quick speed uh -huh. up until about chapter 22. And chapter 22, it comes, I'm not not to a screeching halt per se, but uh, Paul start, it, it starts to follow Paul and his trials and jail experiences. And so this is the last one. And, um, it, he's on his way uh, to see Caesar to have a trial before Caesar. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Well, um, okay. You you began you began this message. Um, I thought it was a, a a funny way to begin begin talking about eighties TV shows, right? Eighties TV shows. Eighties TV oh, shows. Man. And I think you said you did say that they don't make them like they used to. They don't make them like they used to. Is that, that, is that mean, the that's... is that the pinnacle of TV experience right there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if okay. it's the 80s or the 90s. I can just tell you it's not now. It's, it's not now. That, that's all I'm sure of. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. There's some decent shows now. <laughs> but, but you made you made a bold a bold claim. <laughs> this this claim was it about Tom Selleck's mustache? Well, that, that still was... hasn't stopped. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that is, that is like obviously true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, but you made a claim about God, that, that God <laughs> is like MacGyver. God is like MacGyver. He's like MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah. He takes, he takes something and like repurposes it. Unexpected. Unexpected. Something completely wild, unexpected. And, now, and uses it in order to grow us yeah. and shape us and help us be formed into the image of Christ. And yeah, God is like MacGyver. God is like MacGyver. And you know, I got to be, I got to thinking about that a little bit that, that, uh, that God is, 
I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, God is like MacGyver. Yes, you're right. But but um, I want to suggest that that God is also like Mr. T. Okay. You know, because he, yeah. because God pities a fool like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then God, I'm pitying the, the fool. All right. Oh, and I want to suggest that God is also like Michael Knight. Yes, the Knight Rider. The Knight Rider. You, you realize in the beginning line, um, it says, now it also says that he's a, a, a young loner. Okay, God's not a young loner, but he's on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, and the powerless in the world. This is Luke 4, this right? Is, I know. <laughs> so the more I thought about it, the more God is like quite oh, a few 80s TV stars. That, so that is that's what you triggered awesome. in my mind. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Oh, uh, goodness. No, but I think um, my hope is that people start, like, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> use a dumb illustration like that. You get you get what you asked for, right? But yeah. um, that people really did start to think about God's creative work in their life. Yes. And I think we typically just assume that God's going to work directly and that we're always going to know what he's doing and that he's going to go about it in a way that makes sense. Yes. And because God is logical. And yeah, I would suggest to people that God is far more creative than we often give him credit for, not only in speaking the world into existence, obviously that was a creative act, but that he often grows us in ways where we don't expect, Yeah, right? We look back and we go, oh man, Lord, you, you stretched me, you grew me. And it was in a way that I never would have imagined or dreamed up on my own. Yeah. And I think that that was my hope is that people would start to go, oh, I've seen that in my life. You know, I've seen Absolutely. God do that in my life. Absolutely. No. And I, and you, you definitely did that. <laughs> you got, you got me thinking about more than Mr. T. I, I mean, know. I went from, I, I went pretty quick from, uh, God is like MacGyver to a woman named Jane telling me that cancer is the that's best thing right. that ever happened to her. Yeah. And so that's, a, yeah. I wanted to create some cognitive dissonance for yes. people. Right. Um, I remember that conversation vividly. Uh, she was, a. Uh, a friend of, um, uh, she was the mom of a friend of mine and she had started coming to South and South Fellowship Church mm -hmm. and God had just done a great work in her life. And, and, um, I can remember her sitting in my office saying, yeah, cancer is the best thing that ever mm -hmm. happened to me. Mm -hmm. it, it was the thing God used in order to get her attention and, and really start to soften her heart and, and, you know, woo her to himself. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the, yeah, that is, that is crazy. Um, it seems, sounds crazy to, to someone who hasn't experienced that because, because yeah. we look at it and, 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 and everybody would, any, any human would look with such compassion and, and we want to say, I'm so sorry for you. And, and that's, that's true. And yet that can be fully true at the same time. They can see something amazing out of it. Yeah. The MacGyver. The MacGyver. God. God. Using yeah. even I, I, that. Using even that. Yeah. So hmm. that that was what because the framework is uh, that we that we wanted to come to Acts twenty seven with was well God's at work in this shipwreck, yeah. and um, we went through a few reasons that the shipwreck happened, and uh, you know there's a number, and I love the way that Luke sort of lays these out that there's all you can't blame it on any one thing, hmm. right? It's it's nature. There's storms in the season. It's arrogance. They think they can make it. It's deception. This wind that's blowing. Yeah. They listen to bad advice. And yet it's all those things put together that causes the shipwreck. And, um, you know, I think the same thing happens in our life that it's, mm. you can't always figure out why the storm comes. And, um, sometimes it's very obvious, mm -hmm. but other times it's not. Yeah. And that's not even the point though, is why the storm comes. We always want to know mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. Right. And, what I've found out, what I've found in my life is that God isn't quite as interested in answering that question. Mm. And uh, he's more interested in what it looks like to shape and form our yes. soul through the storm than answering the question, why did he yes. allow the storm? That's a, that's a great observation. In fact, we don't, we just don't get many of the whys. Oh gosh. No. Very, very rarely. And even, so even I would suggest in that the, the woman who came to you um, and said uh, that, yeah, that, that she's, this is the best thing that's happened to her. I would also suggest though, that that wasn't the why necessarily. No. Right. Right. It wasn't as if God was sitting up in, in heaven that God doesn't necessarily sit up in heaven, you know, but, but it wasn't there thinking to himself, 
I know what will get her. Right. I know. I got it. I'm going to give her cancer. Yeah. No. Or, you know, or because even worse, people talk about like, you know, uh, going through a loss of a loved one. And then that being the moment, that being the thing that triggered them. And and God's not up there striking people um, with disease. He's not killing people in order to get your attention, to get our attention. And yet, at the very same time, there's a there's good coming out of it. He's creative. He uh, he's creative. Even within yes. that, he's he's working for our good, as the scriptures would uh -huh. say. So the he's taking. Um, he's taking what's there already in a sense, right? So, so it's not like he he went out and found cancer like a MacGyver, right. okay, and said, "I'm gonna now put this on you." Right. Um, it, it's instead, it's more of okay. There's you've got cancer, mm -hmm. okay? Not you, you know, someone here has cancer, and God's saying, "Well, let me let me see if I can take that and and MacGyver that use even into that. something." Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. And so this this analogy of the storms mm -hmm. um, it can can be lots of things, right? Oh, I mean, cancer is one, but it can be even smaller things. Totally. I, I mean, I think it can be. I mean, we yeah, we can talk about the big things, right? The death, the cancer, uh, even like depression, mm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. That can be a storm for people. Challenging financial situations that can be a storm for people. Um, but even, yeah, it's smaller day-to-day -day just struggles. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a fitting, in a sense, metaphor for... Um, I, I had a whole problems. section where I wanted to walk through the way that songs use those as as storms, yeah, as metaphors. Yeah. There's some, you know, like, huh. I forget. There was some meme going around that basically said, if you want to write a Christian song, just start with the, start with the storm metaphor and work your way from there, right? Yeah, that's um, good you know, oceans and, but even like older hymns, right? Like it is well yeah. with my soul when sorrows like sea billows roll. Yeah. Um, the, there, the storms are, uh, a, a great analogy for challenges in life. Yeah. Pardon me for a second because, uh, this brought to you, this by brought Dave to you the by Barber and Dave the Barber Long. and I know I've got mine. I, uh, spin drift. I, I was going to bring water, but I, I just remembered how you always open one. So I thought yeah. I'm bringing a limoncello. LaCroix. <laughs> You're classy. Thank you. you Thank you very much. What are, what are you, uh, what are you sipping yeah, on today? Spin drift. It's a spin drift. It's a spin drift. And that what's the, what's the flavor there? That's uh orange mango. Okay. Cheers. Here you go. Cheers. <clears throat> let's I not, won't do let's that. Let's not make that a thing. I won't make that a thing. <laughs> we'll stop right there. It seemed like the, Appropriate, which is often the inappropriate time. Yeah, there you go. Which is so. Um, okay, so we're, we've got storms. Um, uh, sometimes, as Carolyn said, storms can just be an accumulation of annoyances. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> um, and sometimes the little things are become the big things. Yeah, and in life, and that they do. That, but so we've all experienced that. Yep. Um, and. And so what you're suggesting is that whether it be these big life-changing things, okay, because that that those are those are better illustrations. Yeah. Let's just face it, right? They are. Not all of us have dealt with but, cancer. Not all of us have dealt with those big, big things. I mean, COVID was a storm. Yeah. But yeah. then I mean, we can get underneath that too and go, gosh, figuring out how to care for our kids well. That was a storm. Trying mm -hmm. to figure out mm -hmm. how to stay emotionally healthy. There, there were some mm -hmm. storms there. Physical, you know. So I think there was we've we've come through a season that was tumultuous and stormy uh on a lot of different levels yeah so i think absolutely the, it fits for our time period absolutely you know? so i i wanted to point out because i think it's easier it's easy to say well god is at work in the midst of the storms um but to me it's far more interesting try to tease out how is God at work in the mm. midst of the storms? Because I think sometimes in Christian circles, we talk a little bit in too many generalities to mm. actually be helpful for people. So yeah, God's at work. Like, okay, just trust that God's at work. And what I really wanted to do in this message was to say, how is God at work mm. in the midst of the storm? And so as I read through this passage mm. of scripture, there was a number of things that I saw, but there were three things that really stood out to me. The okay. first was that scene where they start to throw 
um, all the tackle and some of the things on the deck of the ship overboard. And I, and I thought, well, that's the way the storm works, mm. right? Like you, I use the example of if you get in a car accident and you hug your kids a little bit tighter, right? Yeah. Like, you know, um, if you lose a job, you make a budget, right? You, yeah. There's thing, the storm clarifies our priorities for us. Mm -hmm. And, and in an almost divinely inspired way allows us to see with clarity, the things that are actually really important to us mm -hmm. in life. And it's so easy to walk through life with, uh, blinders on to what's really important. I mean, the studies about people getting to the end of their lives and going, gosh, I spent, nobody gets to the end of their life and says, I wish I would have spent more time at work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I wish I would have bought more toys. Wish I would have bought more toys. Yeah. Wish I would have got that newer boat. You know, nobody yeah. gets to the end and says those kind of things. And yet mm. those are often the types of narratives and stories that we're living That's for right. and in. That's right. And storms are the great, disruptor mm -hmm. to those and we start to look at the mm -hmm. things on the deck of our ship and go oh that doesn't we that doesn't matter yeah absolutely so hmm. and so one of the um uh, and, and one of the things i think we ought to do is uh is fill in the story a little bit more because because what paul is is doing what's he doing on that boat in the first place he's a prisoner he's a prisoner right so Here's a storm that he definitely didn't choose. It's a storm within a storm. Within a storm, right? right? Yeah, totally, oh, totally. yeah, there's a storm of him getting, like, yeah, put in prison, which he shouldn't have been. Right. Um, so he was being, he's being persecuted there. He was unjustly in prison. And then he's in a storm that he had the foresight to tell them, guys, you shouldn't go on this. He shouldn't start. Not this a good trip. idea, fellas. The weather's not looking good. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean not, not even that, but it was just he, he sensed from God this is not going to turn out good. He did his part. He he heard from God somehow. Um, did his part, and they still went out on the storm. Right. So right. He knew something was going to go bad. He did. Here. He did. Uh, and and sure enough, they're uh, on a prison boat. So he's guarded. Um, it seems like in the in the passage there's guards and then there's the the people who work on the boat right there's like two different groups yep. and then there's the prisoners who are tied up for seemingly most of the yep. of the time they are yeah and so it seems like that's where paul is yep um no control over the storm at all none even he wants control in a sense or at least he's he's got the right idea but that's taken away from him right yeah yeah and well, the interesting part, if you read through the entire chapter, there's this shift that starts to happen where I think this is another thing the storm does. It allows people to rise up in leadership. It, it gives yeah. people an opportunity to step into maybe a divine calling. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I if I had another 15 minutes and were to preach it again, I would probably try to push into that a little bit yeah. and go like storms actually create an avenue for people to step up and lead. Uh in unique ways. They, they create open seats in leadership because you need people to step in and to give hope. Yeah. And that's exactly what Paul does. And I think in the midst of the storm, the leaders that emerge are the leaders that speak words of hope. And that's exactly huh. what Paul starts to do. Uh, he gives direction, very practical, but he also gives hope. And his mm -hmm. hope is always centered on the person and work of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That's yeah. good. And so he, uh, it clarifies. Yeah. Clarifies, so it clarifies priorities. Yes. Um, the second thing the storm does is it determines our direction. So yeah. one of the things that was interesting to me was the way that it, Luke tells us the sun and the stars are blacked out. So for an ancient sailor, your GPS is gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and it, they're driven along. The picture is they, they're not getting to choose where they go. Yeah. And, I think that's the nature of the storm. That's one of the reasons the storms mm. are so terrifying is because we don't know where we're going to be at the end of the storm. Mm. And we're used to knowing where we're going to be. We're, we're used to having control enough of our lives to say, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. These are the decisions I make. And this is where these decisions are probably going to lead. Yeah. And the storms, they take all of those things away mm -hmm. from us. Yeah. Oh, totally. So like if you're, I mean, if you're sick, you know, cancer can leave you 
in a number of different places, mm -hmm. right? Can leave you dependent on medical treatment for the rest of your life. And yep. that's a, that's a direction. That's a direction that you are, right? It can, um, I mean, it can, it can lead you, it can lead to your death. Yeah. And that's a, that's a direction. I mean, there's, there's so many and it can lead to your, your healing yeah. and a new perspective. I just got, um, a message from a, a couple within our church who, um, husband was laid off during COVID and found, they found a new job. It's back East. And so their family's moving. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very definitive, the storm yeah. caused a new direction. Yeah. It wasn't something they chose. It wasn't something that they necessarily wanted, but hmm. in the storm, you're driven along and you mm -hmm. have to decide, all right, how am I going to respond? And what does it look like to have faith? in the mm -hmm. midst of mm -hmm. the challenge there. So yeah, it determines our direction. Yeah. And I, I, I used my, I, I have, I'm going to limit myself to oh, once yeah, a year yeah, yeah. on this quote, but this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. And surprisingly oh, yeah. for our audience here, it is not by Dallas Willard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. It is by, you know, quite possibly one of the, the greatest and happens to be eighties musician, eighties, by the way, the greatest eighties. Totally. Oh, great singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So Rich Mullen said, um, I, he's talking to God. I don't know where you're leading me unless you've led me here where I'm lost enough to let myself be led. Yeah. And the first time I heard that line, I was yes. just like, yes. yes, 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 yes. Like that's, that is so true that we are, we want God to have control, um, in theory, Yeah. but in practice, it takes a storm for us to actually let go and say, I guess I don't have as much control as I thought I did. To recognize that we're that lost. Yeah. Right. I, that, I love that because it's got the direction in there that he's, he's lost his direction, right? He's, he's, he, he's, he's so lost that he's got to stop and say, I'm not going to get anywhere. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to die here. Yeah. Because that's how lost I am. I'm lost enough to be, to let myself be led yes i just love that and that's such a good line and i love the the picture of that 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 like the whole time god's been like i i'll lead you right like jesus is like come on i'm i'm ready to lead whenever yeah. you are there how but, about now yeah exactly yeah yeah, well, yeah that's how right. about now that's where a lot of us mm -hmm. yeah i think even oh man i'm sure i'm sure at times that's that's my life Oh, that I'm sure I go, nah, I got this God. Yep. You know? Yeah. Even in the storms, I think sometimes, right? Oh, like, yeah. Hey, he says, how about now? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. As if that's a, that's something that's a constant, you know, constant, like constantly saying, all right, God, I need you to lead. Right. I do think that's, that's a, that's interesting that, that we can do that. So Christians can do that. We can continue to kind of try to lead ourselves under our own power and our own strength. And it takes us getting turned around in a storm, right? Getting so lost that we just stop and say, "All right, I need to let you lead." Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, and you know, I think that's part of as we uh, people that study change and what allows people to really change and grow. We had this theory on our and backpacking trips that really we wanted students to start to feel that sense of dependency mm -hmm. that that's when we saw god start to transform lives yes. you know um i even think of our students up at hume right they're taken away from so many of the things that they cling to for control and they're more open to hearing from from god yeah uh, I, that's just it seems like that's human nature yeah, in a lot of ways absolutely. that we almost we need those interruptions uh in order to open our our ears and our heart oh, yeah. to what god would want to say to us did uh did you guys backpacking with young life did you guys do solo days we did solo days yeah yeah we would send send students off yeah now so, i mean like i can't I, I may, I'm just, I guess I'm older now and, you know, I've been yeah. through enough storms to know that they come, right? Um, yeah. That's a hard one to believe that we did. <laughs> I can't find out. <laughs> it's so true. So we would go and and I did the same. Um, I, this is where, I mean, I, I went as a student and did it. Um, where, where we'd send, I mean, they'd, they, people like this would send the students off uh, to go and be solo for 
depending on the weather and everything, but up to up to 24 hours. Yeah, it would That's be a night. Eight. It usually it was like from um from dawn until dusk. Yeah, you know, so it was like right as it started to get dark, we'd eat yeah. together. Or no, actually, they'd be out there before we ate. We would bring food yeah, around food. to every camper yeah. Yeah. and pray for them and just ask God to bless their time. And yep. oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And so we'd just be alone. And in the woods and, and that it really was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they do that anymore. So that's what you're getting at, right? I don't this know. Is, maybe uh, they do, man. Maybe they do, but it seems like a, a pretty crazy thing. It does. Um, it does. You know, once I took 30 junior high students backpacking for an entire week. I don't even think that's legal. That's not. <laughs> I don't think it was then. Um, but um that's the kind of things that we used to do. Anyway, that's a different story. But those experiences so and and I gotta experiencing Hume Lake. Yeah. With through the lens of my son, 14-year-old kid who just hasn't done much on his own yet. You know, yeah. he just yeah. doesn't know. I mean, he barely knows how to order his own like food at a at a you know fast food place, and he's got to go do that. I mean, all these little things. Um, these experiences are huge in kids' lives to to step out into their own and, ah, so and what a great what a great experience and what uh, that's that's a lot of what in a sense these storms do they do in our life that yep. any storm of any kind can put us in a place where as Rich said we have to let him lead yeah it's just out of the cards to do it on our own yeah those it, are good this things. is this I think this echoes C S Lewis's famous quote. I'll, I'll paraphrase it. it says something to the effect of that God whispers in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf and dying world. Yeah. That that's often the way that God gets our attention. Absolutely. Hey, will you put Absolutely. Gwen's yeah, comment gonna, up? Yeah, yep. Because Gwen takes this. Um, I love this is great. Um, slightly different, different as she says, another spin on this topic. Sometimes we are put, put in or born into a storm. That was created by other people, and we need God's hand to calm the storm and guide us through it toward health and healing. Lost enough to let my life be led. Mm. That is so good. And yeah, it, and that's a that's a great point. That um, uh, storms come. Storms can come from hurtful people mm -hmm. who have uh, who've done something to us, who have made bad decisions. Um, and, and a lot of people go through storms in life because of what their parents have, have done to yeah. them. Some people go through storms, um, of abuse from mm -hmm. someone else, mm -hmm. um, from even a family member or a friend or a stranger. Those are, those are huge. It's an, in fact, most storms like that come from evil of some sort. Right. And, Sin, evil. And I yep. think that's the. That's a common denominator in a sense that that it's it may not be you know like a, a sickness like, um, like cancer, that's that's not a personal evil. No one did that. No one, you know, no one did anything to that's deserve that. That's the nature that. one, right? That's the nature one, exactly. Yeah. In a sense, or or it's the fallen nature, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's but, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That. Just that. That's the world that we live in. Totally. Right. Totally. I mean, a, a pandemic is like that. Mm -hmm. That it's it's no one's fault. It's just has happened. But like, I think of like an earthquake or something like that too, that is just, yep. um, it's out of our control. And in the same way though, and this is, gets, it gets trickier to see that a personal sin is out of our control. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, that, that can get difficult in this. And so Gwen, I just, I just want to say that, uh, I hear you there, but know this, that any, any person out there who has been hurt personally by somebody, um, that it it's hard to recognize that that's not it's not their your fault right you know oh, yeah people I think and and that's that's a hard thing to to distinguish because oftentimes if it's someone who 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 is known um, people can live with a sense of like I should have done something different mm -hmm. or I could have or it as if it's my fault and and that's that's just difficult but I think that. The point is that this is out of your control, and this is uh, that all storms like that are. And I think it's important just to point out that that whatever whatever that thing has 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 happened, we're not saying that that was that God was using that person um, 
that God, you know, chose that person to do any of those things, any of those things. But even that God can MacGyver. Yeah. You know, God can take it. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I see that in so many people. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, I think that it's a sobering reality to acknowledge that, um, that our choices and sin have the ability to create storms in the lives of others. Ooh. And we see this all throughout the scriptures, right? Whether it's Achan's sin or, you know, we read the story of Jonah through jo- Jonah's eyes and Jonah's lens, but I often wonder about these other yeah. people on that ship where they're going, who's it's this dude's fault that we're experiencing all this. Right. Yes. And yes. Like, we, I think we resonate with that because we go, yeah, there's that, that's a, a distinct part of life that is, um, unfair and doesn't make sense sometimes and is a challenge but i love what gwen said last where she said um uh guides us through towards health and healing lost enough to let myself be led that there's this like it's not my fault but it is my responsibility to pursue jesus Mm. and 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 do whatever i can to be healthy and um that's one of the things i i respect a ton about gwen Mm -hmm. and so, Absolutely. That's good. You know, the, the last thing was that uh, we, we pointed about Paul's Paul comes and he's like, you guys, an angel spoke to me. Um, <laughs> this is a guy they wouldn't listen to about weather reports. Right. Exactly. And exactly. they wouldn't listen to about, you know, it's really not a good time to travel. They're like, thanks, buddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do you But know? when he comes and says an angel spoke to me um, because there's a storm and they're terrified, they go, you know what? We'd like to hear more. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And then there's just all these funny lines. Like, I don't, Josh, I don't know if people thought this was as funny as I did. <laughs> okay. That happens sometimes to preachers where you go, this is funny. This, uh, I suggested that our women's ministry yeah. should maybe adopt verse 21 of Acts 27 as their motto. It says, men, you should have listened to me. Um, I, I just, I just. That, that'd be fun. Like that t-shirts, I, mugs. I thought it was It's hilarious. biblical. It is biblical. <laughs> Men, it's just like, you, you should have listened, listened to me. We're here saying we, we know. <laughs> we get it. We should have. We yeah. get it. Uh, That's so funny. Uh, maybe Mother's Day gifts maybe. next year. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says, hey, good news. Nobody's going to die, but the boat. It's going to die. It's not going to end well. For so I've just yeah. wondered, you know, is this good news or bad news? Yeah. I think it's both. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, and then so Paul he gives this impassioned uh, plea for them to um, to really take heart, have faith. Yeah. And uh, they do. Yes, exactly. So uh, I, I was just struck by the fact that um, and I think. You know, as I preached this three times on Sunday, uh, really the last time I preached, I went, that's what I, that was sort of, I felt like there was a nugget there the whole time that I was finally able to go give language to in the way I wanted huh. to. Um, and that happens sometimes, doesn't oh, absolutely. it? Where you go, yeah, I'm preaching this one way and going, I just feel like there's another layer here that for whatever reason, I just haven't given language to yet. Mm-hmm. And at the five o'clock service I did, and I talked, I talked about how when when life is good, when it's smooth sailing, as it were, promises, God's promises are really nice. Yes. During a storm, God's promises become necessary. Yeah. And there's a difference there between them being sort of an anecdotal, uh, addition to life. Yeah. And then, but then in the storm, they become central to life. And so I, I just, you see that happen where Paul starts to, point out the promises of God and the sailors are going, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The it's like, I feel like I've seen this in, uh, in students. I saw this in students for years, uh, as they, uh, their, their development of their faith journey in a sense. Right. Um, as I got to watch students, you know, as come in as, as you know, eighth eighth graders really, mm-hmm. right? They come into a high school ministry as these kids, and then they they leave as you know, looking like adults, right? And yeah. Sometimes acting like them, um, but <laughs> but they leave as eighteen, and uh, and you see them make decisions. You see them put their faith in Jesus. So so they'll 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 tell you, I trusted Jesus. 
they say, I believe. They'll write all the right things. They'll say all the right things. They'll believe the promises. Yeah. Right? They're there for them. But you get them to go off to somewhere. So, you know, we would take them on a missions trip. And, you know, they're about 17 years old. This is between the junior and senior year. They'd go on a missions trip. And, uh, and after the missions trip, when they tell their testimony, they tell their story, there would be, I mean, so many of them would, you know, a year later would say, I think I really became a Christian in Albania yeah. or, you know, in, you know, in China, these places that we'd go. And I'd think to myself, no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. You, you told me yeah. long before that, that you believed in Jesus, but that put them in a storm. It right. put them in a in an opportunity that they needed to trust God. So in what a way do you they never did? If you were to say, I don't think that's what you really mean. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah, mean yeah. is this. What would you how would you give language well, to what they really mean? I think what they're getting at is that that idea that they realized that the promises of God hmm. are necessary for ah. them. It, it is like I I own them. I they're That's they're really yeah. mine. Yeah. It was it was then that they realized, oh, this is this deserves all of me. Got Not it. just, yeah, I believe it. Right. You know, and there that's a that's a big difference when we and so many people I think are walking around with like, yeah, I believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, of course I believe in Jesus, but are they are they invested in this so yeah. much so that they would, you know, they would allow themselves to be led. Mm -hmm. And that's the time I think where they decided, mm -hmm. oh, I need to be led. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Would you have students that wanted to get like baptized again Absolutely. also? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I got to baptize a few kids in Albania, in the Ionian Sea. Oh, really? And I'm pretty sure it's a place that Paul stopped. I don't know that for mm. sure, but it just seems like mm. it would be. <laughs> we, you know, me and Paul, we baptized in the same seems place. Seems like it would be. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in uh, one of the observations, I got to uh, one of the um, devotionals. I think it's coming out on Friday. Um, one of my observations from this passage had to do with this prayer. Uh, and it's related to this that um, that these uh, that those men. So they finally, like they finally listen to Paul. And in verse twenty nine, it says, "In fearing, uh, in fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come." Huh. And uh, and so here they are. They're praying. Right. That's great. That's great. But I just thought it, it was a funny concept of praying for day to come. Oh, that, yeah, that is. Because um, that that, is. And that's a phrase, and I get it. That's, a, you know, maybe where we get this phrase, because that's what it says, that they were praying for day to come. And and it's funny to me that that's a prayer that um, they know was going to be answered. Yeah. There's no possibility. God would speed it yeah. up. <laughs> Are they making it? They wanted to go by quicker. Yes. What's the what's the actual request? What's there? real there? I, yeah. I have a feeling it has something more to do with God. I pray that I will be there when day comes, right? <laughs> because that's a great, they yeah. knew that day was going to be there. It was going to, mm -hmm. we're going to get to it. Um, and, and we know that God's not in the, in the, um, he's not in the habit of like speeding up the, the rotation of the earth yeah, on its a, axis. It doesn't right? happen often. It doesn't happen often, yeah, right? Joshua. Maybe you know, sort of, or slowing stops, it down. Yeah, I don't know. Stops, yeah. Something like that. But um, it's just not something that he, he does, at least not for every person that prays for that. Right. right. Cause that would get really difficult. I have, all over the have you ever, I've prayed that prayer. Yes, I, I've I prayed that prayer lying in bed, couldn't sleep. I have, whether it's, you know, anxious or, um, even in the, you know, out in the wilderness, can't get comfortable hearing oh sounds going. Oh okay. Word. I've prayed that prayer, right? Oh, yeah. Lord, just let it be daylight. Please, yeah. please let me see that sun start to creep up yep. on the horizon, please. Lord. Yep. And so here, and I've prayed that too. In fact, you'll have to you'll have to get onto the Daily Phil podcast on Friday. You'll hear the story. Um, I tell it as quickly as I can. I think I went to six hundred words this week. But anyway, shame. Um, shame, shame. So, or you can get that via email um, on our website. You'll have to to hear that story. You'll have to do that. But here was the the point that I thought. What I caught in this, what I saw, is that these guys uh, bless their hearts. I'm glad they're praying. Right. Yeah, and it's not a bad sure. prayer to say, hey, I want to live. Um, that's a good prayer. But I think the better prayer is is actually not God fix this. 
but God, would you be here with me mm-hmm. in this? Because mm-hmm. that is a prayer that he will answer. It is. That's yeah. the prayer that will actually help mm-hmm. in some sense. God, uh, w- will you show yourself in this storm? Will you be there with me yeah. in the midst of the storm? And really what you're praying for, though, is, is God to give me, give me direction. Right. Right. You know, that this is this is the idea. Yep. Give me awareness of your presence and the uh, allow your spirit to work in me. Give me the faith to follow. That's right. You know, that's right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's sort of the that was uh, the essence of the message. Um, I didn't have time to talk talk about this. So this is the very last verse of um, last two verses of acts of the book of acts some of my favorites because of um where you just go hey i have about a thousand (laughs) questions right so um Uh, which is so true about a lot of the bible yes it's that's okay it is okay it is but yes yeah and you even go okay okay, there's something i'm not seeing and yeah welcome to the party it's a, a verse 30 and 31 he's uh this is speaking of paul he is finally in rome and he's in jail yeah. Okay. House house arrest probably. It says he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And you go, okay. Some other translations say the gospel gospel moved forward without hindrance. Yeah. Right. And I would think that jail would be hindrance. <laughs> Um, and yet that's on my list of hindrances. <laughs> yes. And yes. yet and without yet. hindrance as if to say, Oh, come on. Like, like Paul being in jail cannot stop the progress of the gospel. It can't even mm. stop the progress of the gospel through Paul. Yeah. And um, I just, I love that passage of scripture. Not only that, but that what is Paul's message? He's proclaiming the kingdom of God. That's his message. That's the same message Jesus proclaimed. So a, a lot of people want to sort of pit Paul and Jesus against each other and say mm-hmm. they preach different gospels. When yeah. Jesus preached the gospel, is, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. When Paul preached the gospel, it was something different. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of Acts, Paul is saying, at the end of his life, Paul is, what's Paul's message? The kingdom of God. The kingdom, the kingdom of God. Of God. Same message as Jesus yep. and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness. Yeah. Um, I just love that picture that mm. the storms in life, they cannot hinder the progress of the gospel mm-hmm. in our lives or through our lives that That's God right. is still at work and he's still on the move and yep. without hindrance. I love that. I know. I know. I, that is such a, that is such a, a unique passage. He lived there for two years Um and and Luke writing this seems to be suggesting that something happened after two years, but I, he just didn't get to that. Come on, Luke. I know. Oh, now, okay, this is this is fun. This is all. Uh oh, I hear a conspiracy theory There's coming. Conspiracy theories <laughs> coming, right? Because because you know the the book of Acts and the book of Luke are about the same length, and they are. Yeah. And they say it's about what would fit on a scroll, mm-hmm. right? So so some have suggested that 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 Luke was planning on another another scroll that oh, maybe even started another yeah. scroll that this was the end of that one huh. and uh, and had I mean maybe he started another scroll he seems to imply that there was more to the story right and and we don't know and so some people think that Paul Paul died here some people he think he went on you know if uh, there's there's believers in Spain who will say he made it to Spain right um yeah and uh, but we don't who knows we don't really know that and and we don't at all but i just love that that he he leaves us here yeah here with a guy who is like you said uh, the gospel is unhindered even though by all by all of our standards it paul is in a bad place yes right cuz i mean i guess the odds are maybe is the the more prevailing view is that he died there. Right. 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 Yeah. That he died in Rome and that was it. Yep. Um, and yet <laughs> the gospel even continued without Paul. Without hindrance. Without hindrance. Ah, oh, I love continued that. continued today. That's really cool. 
That's great. I love that. I love Carolyn's point here too, that she points out we wouldn't have the letters Paul wrote if he hadn't been where he was during that time. That oh, these so prison right. epistles that we have, Especially, right? Yep. That yep. of him encouraging these churches and writing these letters. Yeah, you're probably, she's right. Yeah. She's right. Yeah, that's so great. And yeah, especially those that, you know, from Rome here, he's got, he's in the center of the world Yeah, at the time, you know, yeah. the, the known yes. world. And, and somehow he's able to, to, to live in prison at his own expense, which that's a, some weird system that they had, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, it's different than ours, of course, but um, welcoming all. So this is some kind of prison that he can. And maybe it's the same kind of thing that here he is in another storm. And just like on the boat, yep, he proved himself to be faithful. He proved himself to be wise. And he proved himself that, that he wasn't going to run away, all those things. So maybe just like just like there, just like Joseph way back in Genesis, yep. right? Just like so many people, they earned a right to to allow, be allowed freedom. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing so something my, like that. One of my last points was that the storm is never the end of the story. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was my sort of wink and nod huh. to this text to, that, oh, to okay. say, like, yeah, even even jail, it's the gospel's still unhindered. Mm -hmm. and the storm is never the end mm -hmm. uh, in our lives or or through our lives. Mm. So there it is. Mm. How much of things in our life do we assume that if if I don't if I don't just do this, if I don't make this, if I if I if I if I if I don't say the right thing, if I, you know, then it's not going to happen. Right. You oh, know? Yeah. That's a as great if, point, Josh. As totally. If it's relying on us. And and I mean, I guess I'll just say it this way. If it's if it's if we're saying it like that, it either is not that important. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like something in us, um, or um, we're just dead wrong because it will. Right. <laughs> if it's that important. Or, we're, or really we're showing our hand as far as the pride that we're holding on to. Yeah. You know, like okay, uh, this depends wholly and solely on me. Uh, I think God would go, I don't, does it yeah, really? Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Patty's saying that, um, so much turbulence this time we've been through many, I believe I have no idea how God is involved, how God is, is continuing to write that story. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and our lives finding hope is hard sometimes and loss and hardships. Yeah. I know many suffered through and believe um and many who don't yeah that's good thank you um it has been it has been hard for us it this has been a, it's been a yet, stormy 14 yet, 16 months yeah but that would be a good question to to ask how's god Mac macgyvered this storm you know how has uh how has god macgyvered covid for you um I mean, I think of those first two, even just for our church corporately, right? Yeah. The clarifying of priorities, yeah. the direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some new things that we had to do because of COVID mm -hmm. that um, even as a staff, the way mm -hmm. that we go, the way that we work, the way that we mm -hmm. work together, um, some of our worship services. I mean, there's a lot of directional things that God did in the midst of the storm, mm -hmm. right? Um I even think of, you know, family life. There were things that he did uh, as far as clarifying priorities. I can't oh, tell you how many conversations I had with people who told me I had no idea how busy we were yes. until we stopped it all. Mm -hmm. And um, my fear is that we'll just go back to now that we're, we're, we're back open in California, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That we'll just go back to how it was before. That's why we wanted to do this series, Not So New, Not So Normal, yeah. to say, like, getting back to normal may not be the the goal yes. maybe there's something better mm -hmm. and um so that's what we're trying to we were trying to do yeah 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 and in some ways that you know because everybody talks about the new normal um and 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 maybe hopefully you know what that new normal is is maybe it's not so new <laughs> yeah in fact maybe it's quite old right that's the right. idea right this that's and that's idea. why acts especially 
um, was a was a great choice for this because it is the the early church, and so these are lessons for the church throughout all the centuries. Um, yeah. So maybe our new normal is not so nor not so new, and yet at the same time, it's uh, as Christians we shouldn't be pushing for normal, should we? Right. No. No. Um, no, we should be very different. Mm. Well, you guys, man, oh, that's up. good. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's my drum roll. <laughs> I need a song or something. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have our uh, second segment <laughs> of Ryan Brought a Book. All right, Josh. <laughs> so, um, this one uh, I read actually before After Doubt. So okay, I, I, um, and uh, I've, I'll have another one for next week that I'm reading right now. Actually, the one I'm reading right now, I don't know if it's appropriate for. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a romance novel well, or now anything. You're gonna have to tell us. I mean, it's a book called. Um, it's a book called Splankna, oh. and it's about uh, what I would suggest is a. Um, potentially controversial approach to therapy that uh, is Christian in its essence, but has some different types of practices. Anyway, so I'd love to actually, I'll I'll talk about it at some point and sort of give my take. I just, I think, I just don't know what my take is yet. Uh, I'm I'm like 95% through it. And I'm going this, uh, there's some, things here that sound very, very true. I actually know they're true. And then there's some gray area where I'm going, I'm not sure I'm comfortable in this mm-hmm. gray area yet. So, mm-hmm. all right. But this book, this was awesome. All right, you guys. So here's the book for this week. Uh, it's called A Burning in My Bones. It's by Wynn Collier. Oh, I'm gonna... And it is a biography of um, Eugene Peterson. Love it. And... I've always loved Eugene Peterson. I read his autobiography, The Pastor, Pastor. about nine years ago and loved it. I think I liked this one a little bit more. Did you? It was a little bit less verbose. In his, he he went down some rabbit trails where I was like, that's a lot of details about that. This one stayed at a little (laughs) bit of a higher level. Um, And a few things that stood out to me about okay. Eugene. Okay. Number one, I had forgotten that he was a really good athlete. Um, okay, yeah. That's, yeah. And uh, call it, it ran, that's you know, ran in college, etc. I love that he, there were some seasons where he really struggled huh. and there was a season where he wanted to get out of, uh, of his church in Maryland so bad that he sent out a number of letters to other churches to say, you know, I'm really? interested in leaving and I forget how long the period was, but it was at least a year. I, I have in my head three years, but I think that's too long to live in that type of a liminal space. But can you imagine being one of the oh, churches man. that said no yeah, to Eugene I Peterson? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking that somebody out there has like, read this and be like, oh, oh that's us. We, we I did can't it. believe we did, we did that. <laughs> we chose that guy. No, <laughs> Yes. So um, if you're unfamiliar with Eugene, my guess is you are more familiar than maybe you think because yeah. he wrote the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. He, um, he uh, translated the message paraphrase yes. and it, and uh, it's most people would say it's not a translation in the sense of that he's going word for word. Um, and it's not a transliteration where he's taking idea for idea, which the NIV is a transliteration, yeah, the yeah. NASB's uh, translation. Yes, we could yes. do a, we could do a session yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, so this is more of a paraphrase. So he's not translating just idea by idea, but more like he'll translate a whole pericope of thought yes. into um, a sort of modern vernacular. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great paraphrase. It's been a resource so that well so done. many people have used. Um, yeah. And, you know, there was a number of publishers that said no to it originally. Yeah. Um, but he wrote, he started with Galatians and he wrote Galatians just for his church. And he just wanted That's his right. church to fall in love with the scriptures. Um, there's this whole section in the book about him, um, about Bono from U2 really falling in love with the Psalms in, uh, 
in the message paraphrase version. And Bono reached out <laughs> to Eugene so cool. as the, you know, his the lead singer of U2. And Eugene says, who's U2? Yeah. <laughs> this is, I've heard that. That is the greatest. Because here this guy is. Um, he's he's written the Bible. Okay, all right. He's written uh, he's written a, a a version of the Bible that is so well known, right? It is yeah. one of the the most used, um, it definitely the most used paraphrase or or you know that kind of of translation. And uh, and I believe, am I right to say that he never pastored a church over five hundred people? Yeah, that's true. And and oftentimes it's you know three hundred people, really quite that's, small. Yeah, where he would know everybody's name. Yep. He would know the families. He, he, this is the kind of pastor he was. And I love that he didn't care about who Bono was. He didn't care. <laughs> That's he, so great. He was very uncomfortable with the spotlight. And um, I th not, not because he was shy or an introvert. He was an introvert. And actually, I loved the honesty in this book of him at times struggling even just to share his heart with his wife because he was mm. so he huh. he sort of played things close to the vest even in his marriage and the second half of his life was spent really investing in his marriage and hmm. um like working on yeah. being more yeah. open with his wife who he loved dearly and yeah. was faithful to and all those things but he knew there's a level of intimacy that i haven't been willing to go to even with her yeah um and so the one of my favorite parts about this book um, was at the very end of Eugene's life, he, um, you know, there were some cognitive decline, um, towards the very, very end, mm -hmm. but he really started to catch some flack, mm. uh, shortly before that for, um, essentially not playing the Christian publisher game. Uh, uh. and being meaning, but by, by that, I mean, avoiding people or topics that are taboo and that you know will lose you a reader That's base. Right. Yeah. Um and so so this is my personal opinion. I I totally I, not I I disagree with much of what Rob Bell wrote in his book Love Wins, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Um and um and I read it and you know there were some things where I go I, I see the point he's making but the his thesis for the whole book, I, I go, I'm not, I'm not there. Uh -huh, like, I don't uh -huh. believe in an inclusivist view uh -huh. of eternity. I, I believe that you're saved only by the blood of Jesus and by uh -huh. faith in Jesus. And, um, and so the book suggested something else, but Eugene actually did an endorsement for love wins. Uh -huh. I had forgotten that. Uh -huh. And, um, and he didn't agree with everything in it either. No. And, and he got lambasted yeah. for it. Um, and wanting to be a voice that helps people wrestle with these ideas, which he was very familiar with after, you know, translating, paraphrasing the entire Bible. Yeah. yeah. And he wanted to, he wanted people to think and dialogue mm -hmm. and sort of get out of these us versus them trenches that we've dug so deeply and the pain that he walked through, not just wow. because of that, but other situations similar to that towards the end of his life. I went, gosh, that is, um, it was just, it was sad saddening to see that towards the very end of his life, that that was part of the way that absolutely. his story ended. Yeah, absolutely. So oh, that is, that is interesting. And that, that kind of thinking is needed. Yeah. I mean, I think to say, I, I remember, um, I was asked, uh, uh, at one point by a group of people, what do you think of love wins? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and I said, Oh, have you read it? And they said, no. Mm -hmm. And I went, Oh, well, I'd love to talk to you about it. Totally. Right. But I, I think you should read it. Yeah. Um, and there was such an aversion to just reading it. Yep. Uh, where I went, no, like we need to enter into the ideas in order to be able to dialogue about Absolutely. that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And, and Eugene, um, as as Carolyn points out, um, he gets a hard time for his his paraphrase. People will say like it's not you know it's not a yeah. real translation or something like that. But she makes a great point um, that people don't know that he was a professor of Hebrew and Greek. That like at least he was incredibly close to. Um, he had planned to continue as a professor rather than become a, a pastor. Yeah, that guy knew more Hebrew and Greek than than uh, than. Uh, 
I, I ever will. Yeah, he right? forgot I mean, more than he's forgotten I've more. ever learned. I mean, he, he was a, he was brilliant and Absolutely a poet. Brilliant. He totally. And that's the you put those two things together, yes. and um, and yes. that's why his paraphrase has been wildly popular. Yes, and his his wisdom in that in the book, the pastor about. Um, to any pastor out there, anyone wanting to be a pastor, yes, it can be long and a little bit goes some places that, you know, whatever, but, but there's some incredible advice. He's challenged me in so many ways with that book. If, if you're a pastor and you're looking to read Eugene, um, number one, do it, but for pastors, which is, um, the contemplative pastor, five smooth stones and, Mm -hmm. um, under the unpredictable plan. Yeah. Yeah. And those are just phenomenal works on the, the role of pastor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Gwen, uh, it's called Splankna. Oh yeah. 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 So the books that we referenced, um, Splankna, he's going to add into the Facebook comments there. And then, uh, a burning in my bones. And uh, what a great line, uh, yeah. by the way. That's, uh, yeah, that that is uh, Eugene's story. And uh, we're, uh, yeah, and with that, we're probably getting to be about time here. Uh, so thank you, everybody. And thank you for bringing a book, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that was the second it. edition of our, uh, of our segment. Ryan brought a book. Ryan brought a book. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. We'll, uh, we'll keep doing that. Yeah. And uh, in fact, so we're going to have to figure out when it may not be for, you know, we may not be able to do this again for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll jump back okay. in as soon in as we can. In two weeks then. Here's, yeah. here's a teaser. Okay. Um, I, I picked up a copy of uh, a guy named Preston Sprinkle, his yeah. book called Embodied. Yes. And it's on transgender issues and the church and how we uh, can engage that. And so uh, I'm going to I'll do my best to finish okay. it by then. And uh, OK, we can, we can have a talk about it. I love it. That so. will be that'll be an interesting talk. I'm, I may I may get it right now and try to. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Try to catch up to you with that. Ryan All right. And Josh brought a book. Ryan I haven't started it yet. So I'm going to bring a book. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, thank you, Ryan. Thanks so much for diving into these storms. And uh, wherever you are, in in a storm, out of a storm, and here's the bummer part, we're all at some point going to go into a storm. Right? Yeah, we are. And so um, so I, I think wherever you are in that, um, whether you're looking forward and thinking, oh, I, I think this often, oh, God, I hope a storm's not coming. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we know it will. And so hopefully this can be give you some hope to uh, to weather the storm. Well, I hope it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, God bless. Thanks again for spending some time. with Yeah. Us. Have right. a great night. Yeah. God bless.